0: As as we continue in our series about adjusting our sights, this will be part three today for those that are sitting here, for those that are viewing us online, those that are listening to us via podcast, uh, we just thank you. Yeah, I sat back yesterday, you know, after I, I was cutting grass and, and Saturdays is like my days to be able to, I don't know what in the world I'm going to do when it comes winter time. And I'm not cutting my grass, but I always make Saturday that day of a day of worship, a day of that's so by myself, that's uninterrupted, that I just get a chance to praise and to worship, that I get to go back and listen to last week's message. Um, but I guess I'm, I'll am i find the time or I'll find a, a way to get that in on Saturdays or one other day during the week. But But just sitting back and listening to that word last week was such a... Uh, such a strong and challenging word but yet it places us in a position of knowing what our target is and what we are to be aiming at. Uh, so this week's it makes it no different because I didn't come with a easy word again this week uh, but we're going to go back to our flagship scripture that we have for this series in 2 second Corinthians chapter five verses nine through ten and it's and it reads this way it says so whether well, let me start my timer so I can behave today. So whether we are here in this body or away from this body, which is to be in the presence of the Lord, our goal is to please him or our aim. Well this week I, I this week I used the NLT version. Because in previous times, if you can remember, it said that our aim is to please Him. Well, this week what I wanted to use was I wanted to use a word that was synonymous with aim and, and goal being the same thing. So it's a goal, it's a target, it's something that we're shooting for, it's something that we're striving for. So verse 10 it says for we must all stand before Christ to be judged. We will receive we will each receive whatever we deserve from Uh, for the good or the evil we have done in this earthly body. As we continue to dive into this series, there's still so much to unpack uh, on our understanding of pleasing God as our aim. Today we will cover a topic that is not viewed as positive or popular but if, if Jesus spoke it then we must be talked and it must be practiced upon the Saints so buckle up and let's take a journey into God's heart together follow me over to Luke chapter 14 Luke chapter 14 And while we're doing that, let us pray. Dear Lord, we just thank you today. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for your presence, Lord, during our moments and our time of worship, Lord, here together, Lord. For those, Lord, that are viewing us online, those that are sitting here, those that are listening to us via podcast, Lord, I pray, Lord, that right now, Lord, that we would open our ears to hear what the Spirit has to say to the church. Lord, we are the church. We are the ones that are sitting. We are the ones that are inclining our ears, Lord. Let us hear you. Let us hear every facet. Let us hear Every detail, let us hear every revelation, Lord. It is that you want to speak to us, Lord, today. So, Lord, we just thank you, Lord. Uh, Lord, just let, let me speak the words that you want me to speak and not what I want to speak, Lord, regardless of what my notes may say, Lord, here today, regardless of what the series may be, Lord, we want to speak your rhema word, Lord, here today, Lord, so that lives may be impacted and that they may be changed for your glory and for your kingdom, Lord. We just thank you, Lord. Give us the heart to also receive the words that you are desiring to speak to us. We praise you, we glorify you, we honor you in Jesus. Jesus name thank you Lord we honor you we praise you so as we take our attention here to Luke chapter 14 verses 25 through 34 and it's no surprise to you that I always have a ton of scripture but again as always I want you to know what the word has to say and not what I have say so in Luke chapter 14 verses 25 through 34 reads this way read with me those that are viewing us read on your screen and it said and a large crowd was following Jesus he turned around and said to them if you want to be my disciple, you must, by comparison, hate everyone else, your father, your mother, your wife, and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even your own life. Otherwise, you cannot be my disciples. And if you do not carry your own cross and follow me, you cannot be my disciples. But don't begin, I'm sorry, but don't begin until you have counted the cost for who would begin construction of a building without first calculating the cost to see if there's enough money to finish it. Verse 29 Otherwise you must compete, complete all all Let me start over again on that, verse 29. Otherwise, you might complete only the foundation before running out of money. Then everyone would laugh at you. They would say, there's the person who started that building and couldn't afford to finish it. Or what king would go to war against another king without first sitting down with his counselors to discuss whether his army of 10,000 could defeat 20,000 soldiers marching against him? And if he can't, He will send a delegation to discuss terms of peace while the enemy is still far away. So you cannot become my disciples without giving up everything you own. Salt is good for seasoning, but if it loses its flavor, how do you make it salty again? You know, and, and I want to take our attention uh, back all the way to, to the beginning of this because what Jesus was saying here. So what he did, he turned around to a large group of people, a group of people that were following him. And so many times we see this uh, from church to church to church or from uh, people following an apostle or a prophet. And, and, and as soon as they begin to he, the 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 prophet or the pastor begins to say something that the people don't like, well then what are they going to do? They're going to pack their bags, and they're going to leave because they don't like what the pastor had to say. But the reality is that the pastor is not really saying anything other than what the word has already spoken. Uh, you know, so oftentimes you you'll see that, and, and it's a it's a sad scenario that we see. On so many occasions and, and some of us have seen throughout our whole life, you know But but Jesus trying and said to them if you want to be my disciple if you want to be My disciple in comparison you must hate well in Matthew chapter 10 verses 27 he, Here's here's what simply the word hate simply means to love less so as we go to our, our next screen, Matthew 10, 37, it said here's what Jesus had to say, and this is what Matthew recorded. He said, if you love your father and your mother more than you love me, you are not worthy of being mine. Or if you love your son or daughter more than me, you are not worthy Of being mine and the word hate here just simply means to love less so in other words uh, you can't put your mom and dad or your brothers or your sisters or your wife or or any other object on a pedestal more than you put Jesus on a pedestal because of what then what happens there is that they become an idol and and it, we even saw that in, in, the, in the Ten Commandments, that we would have no, no graven image, that we will make no graven image, and anything that we place above Jesus Christ becomes an idol. It doesn't matter if it's this bottle of water. I know that sounds ridiculous. If it's these set of uh, reading glasses here, if it's this TV, if it's this vase, whatever it may be, anything that we place above God is an idol. And and Jesus has absolutely no room in that. So if we continue on with what Jesus was saying here about being a disciple, First, we must understand what a disciple is. If Jesus was calling us to be a disciple, if he was, if Jesus was spitting out all these things that caused somebody to be disqualified of being a disciple, then let's first find out what a disciple is. And some of us may have a a recollection. Some of us may have an idea. Some of us already have uh, something in our spirits of what a disciple is, because some people that may be viewing us, some people that may be listening, some of y'all that are sitting here today, well, all of y'all that are sitting here today are disciples. So if we look into what a disciple is, we will find that the Greek word for disciple is Mathesis. And please forgive me if I butchered that, but I didn't hear nobody else pronouncing it besides Becky back there. And so I, 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 I might start getting her to come up on Sundays to start pronouncing these words for me. Cause although I hit the pronunciation button on my software yesterday, uh, there's been so many things that's happened since then But the word this Greek word means more than a mere pupil or a learner so it's more than just Teaching somebody it, it, it's more than them just learning. But the fact is that it is an inheritance. what is an inheritance it's something that sticks to it clings to it. We've all like oh, let's just think of my dog's hair I mean, how many times, Mama, have you went home, Perro fail. just picking that dog's hair off of you, but it adhered to you? So, and this is in that same reference, is an adherent who accepts the instructions given to him and makes it his rule of conduct. So, in other words, they live by this. So it's not just I'm hearing it i'm not we go back to the book of james it says be ye not just a hearer of the word but a doer so 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 this is the very same thing uh, that that uh that jesus was talking about here that if we want to be a disciple then this is someone that follows the instructions that i'm giving you i'm living by this this has become my contact or i'm not sorry my contact but my conduct every single day this is the life this is the manner in which i live as we find throughout the new testament that this same word is used 300 times for the same meaning 300 times and most of them are found in the four, the four gospels matthew mark luke and john this word about disciple and and so, so we go back to like our mission statement as far as what God has, has given me a vision on, 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 on how we're supposed to be reaching uh, the, the people that surround us, everybody that will come into this ministry, everyone that will come into the church is Matthew 28:19. It says, "Go ye therefore and make disciples of all men teaching them." Teaching them so making disciple is teaching someone how to follow the instructions And that 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 their conduct lines up with that in everything that they do so So that that is my goal each and every week That's why I always teach or I preach such a hard to swallow word for so many people Is because what is it does is it it pushes you to the position Of being more like Jesus Christ so if this if this topic was mentioned 300 times if this very word was mentioned over 300 times I would consider this something that we as Christians should be talking about we as Saints should be talking about we as ministers should be talking about we as ambassadors should be talking about so, so, so we are seeing way too many converts and not enough disciples. It's not just enough just to be saved. God has called me to reach people. What if, now let's just use the scenario. Let's just, let's, let's go even further than that because I don't even want to involve me in that. What if Billy Graham would have been just satisfied with being a convert? What if he would have just been satisfied with just being saved? Then, then millions and millions of people would have never been reached for Jesus Christ would have never been reached for the kingdom. But what he but what he did was God called him to be a disciple to disciple others, and, and now we see so many people's lives that has been impacted, and and that, that the, just the reflection of their obedience to walk as a disciple has called them to so much more so so each one of us can be placed in that very same scenario is that God has called us all to be a disciple but the reality is is Jesus said that if you can't do such and such then you can't be my disciple if if you if you love something more than me you cannot be my disciple if you love, I'm, can I just be real here today? If you love watching a TV series more than you like reading my word, if you like spending your time more with your family than you do with me, then you cannot be my disciple. This is the very same thing that Jesus was talking about here, and 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 why why isn't this same message being expounded on? You know, see, and this this all goes back to that Second Corinthians it's our aim to please him it is our goal that is our purpose that was why he created us for he created us for that fellowship so that we can help other people to walk and to move into fellowship it's, it's so much more I would rather you walk with me two miles than just to walk with me to the mailbox am I going to enjoy the conversation and the time on the way to the mailbox Yes, but how much how much time are we really spending together on our way to the mailbox? But if we walk two miles, then we've just spent uh, however long it takes for an individual to walk two miles. We've spent that amount of time together. So as we continue in this passage of Scripture and spiritually hear what Jesus was saying, we must approach this with a broken and a contrite heart we, we we've got to hear what jesus is saying here as absolute truth we we can't view it as in oh well jesus is just trying to be hard or pastor james is just trying to be hard but the reality is is like i said if jesus had to say it, if if this was emphasized through the scripture over 300 times then why aren't we living it why aren't we talking about it why aren't we preaching this so when we picture Jesus carrying his cross, we can, we all, most of us have seen the passion of the Christ, you know, and if you haven't, then I would, I would suggest that you go see it. But as we get that, that very vivid imagination in our mind about Jesus carrying his cross. We must tag everything that he did that led him to the cross. Everything that he did that led him to the cross is everything that God is calling us to as well. If, if God called Jesus to do it, then what makes us any different? It's not that we're trying to be God-like, but we are created in his likeness and his image. And the reality is, is if, if Jesus was called to it, then so are we because he was a hundred percent man he was a hundred percent God and yet he's called us to do the very same thing so so it was a process that built up to the pinnacle of the ultimate sacrifice of sin I want y'all to follow me over to John chapter 8 and John chapter 6 to highlight on some of the profound teachings that caused so many to stumble away from this truth john chapter 8 verses 31 through 35 jesus said to the people who believed in him let's just stop last week we remember we compared the word believe with to obey or to or to be honorable so 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 now we're, we're we're beginning to see a part of this picture a part of this facet is that these people were being honorable Excuse me, but we, we, we're going to find out something here in just a minute. And Jesus said to the people who believe in him, you are truly my disciples if you were. You remain faithful to my teachings. So, so all of Jesus just really did is you are faithful to what I've been teaching you. You're walking and remaining faithful in what I've been teaching you. And this is what makes us a true disciple. And so, so many people are carrying a name tag of a position but they're not fulfilling a role that they've been called to walk in and again this is just a cold hard fact that so many people are just going to walk away or they're just going to dismiss because they don't like that part this is the part where I find out is do we believe what we read in the Bible or do we or do we read what we believe So in other words, do we pick the sections that we want to believe in the Bible and what we don't want to apply to us? We do something else. We saw this happen in another religion and uh, I can't remember which which uh, branch of Christianity this is I think it's a Joseph Smith book of Mormon or the Mormons it was that there was uh, that there was parts of the Bible that he just he removed that, that that he just felt like was more important or was less important but the reality is is if it's in scripture it's important that we hear what God has to say you know he said that that that, uh, that we can't add or take away from his word so continue to read with me here again I'm gonna start this all over again, Jesus said to the people who believed in him, You are truly my disciples if you remain faithful in my teachings. So, if we could flip, if we could flip that, what Jesus had to say here, let me say it this way You are a false disciple if you don't follow my teachings. You see, in there. You would be a false disciple if you're not following my teachings. Let me continue on here. But that's not what it says. He said, you are truly my disciples if you remain faithful in my teaching. Verse 32, and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. So oftentimes, so many people will quote the last part of that verse and they'll say, the truth will set you free, but they they fail to realize that first you must know what the truth is. And there's only one way, there's only one truth, and there's only one light, and that's Jesus Christ. And that's following every single thing that Jesus spoke to us and through other individuals to speak to us the church as well so so you will know the truth you will know the truth. Again, we go back to this word know that we've been talking about all year long. It carries an intimacy type of terminology to it. A, an intimacy, a sexual type term to know, to be intimate with the truth, to become intimate with the truth, to become intimate with the truth. When, I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, those that are viewing us, those that are sitting here, when we get real with God, then we'll really understand how real God is. But until then, you know, Paul said that I might know him in your death. But first, we've got to know his death before we can know the power of his resurrection. Amen. Verse 33, it said, but we are descendants of Abraham, they said. Now, this is what the crowd that was following. Hey, we're a descendant of Abraham, they said. We have never been slaves to anyone. What do you mean? You will set us free. See, you see, they already misquoted what he was saying already because first thing he said was, you will know the truth. But the reality is is they didn't know the truth because they were believing something that was taught to them by man and not given a revelation from God. Amen. And he said, what do you mean you will set us free? Verse 34, Jesus said, and Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. Everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Everyone who sins is a slave to sin. A slave is not a permanent member of the family, but a son is a part of the family forever so as we've already started unpacking some of this because oftentimes I can't I I don't never read the full the fullness of the passage of Scripture before I start unpacking it but the reality here is, is that there's still so much to unpack within this these few small words but yet so powerful words that Jesus spoke so Jesus made an identification of who the true disciples are they are the ones who listen to this. true disciples are ones who remain continue abide and fellowship in his teachings as we go back to our last series talking about the fellowship with the king and the fellowship with the king means to walk with the king it means to have mutual movement so so that means we're interacting we're moving in the same preference and and in the same reference that that God is speaking to us and and that is What remaining in Jesus is that's what remaining in his word is so so the true disciple has mutual movement with God they embrace these truths regardless of convenience I I want you to hear me on that they embrace truths regardless of the convenience these true disciples are free from the penalty and the bondage of sin because of their obedience to these truths. Are you fellowshipping with the truth of Jesus Christ and embracing your freedom that was freely given? Jesus continued in verse 35 with a comparison of a slave and a son. The terminology Jesus used for son is in reference to a descendant a descendant because they were arguing with jesus about but we are the descendants of abraham but a descendant fulfills the position and is the symbol of the lineage his position reflects his representation our position reflects who we serve our position reflects who we came from. We, 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 we got to hear this. Who we are and how we act is a representation of who we are bowing a knee to. You know, it's just like we spoke last week about uh, the how the, the the men that built their house on, one built their house on the rock and one built their house on the sand. And the storms of life came and, and it wrecked one and the other one remained. But the reality is, is the one that remained it showed that they were built on a solid foundation it, 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 it showed that that, that that the storm could, could not could not redirect them from who they were or what they've been built upon so follow me over here to John chapter 6 verse 53 through 68 yeah I said 53 through 68 We do have a lot of scripture on this, but I want you to follow me on this because there was some man There was some cold hard truths here that that Jesus was preaching these people now. This was the same crowd This these are some of the same people that that was following Jesus now watch this. So Jesus said again I tell you the truth. Let's just stop. Why do we constantly why are we repetitively hearing Jesus saying I tell you the truth it wasn't it wasn't the fact that he was trying to say hey look guys here I'm not lying but what's he really doing here is he's placing the emphasis on what he's about to say and so many times we've done this with our kids hey I want you to look at me when I'm talking to you look me in my eyes because I want you to see the serious the seriousness of what I'm about to say to you and we do that when we're in counseling. We we do that when, when we're even talking with friends. We do that when we're talking to our parents or our children, et cetera, et cetera. But here's what Jesus said. I said, I tell you the truth and unless. Here again, we're, we're going back to what a true disciple is going to be. Or what a true disciple is going to be. So he's used the word unless. In this translation here he said unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood you cannot have eternal life within you eternal life is within each and every one of us ladies and gentlemen But we must eat of his flesh and drink of his blood verse verse 54 But anyone who eats my flesh and drinks my blood Has eternal life and I will raise that person at the last day for my flesh is true food and My blood is true drink are we seeing the word true here again for truly I tell you like Jesus is placing these emphasis for people to see and to hear but so many times we're just stuck just can I just read these four or five verses today this is my Bible verse today this is my daily reading and and that's it but have we soaked in on it have we meditated on it have we really heard what Jesus had to say here Have we really heard what God has to say to us the church he that has an ear let him hear what the Spirit has to say. Verse 56, anyone who eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me. Remains in me. Remains in me. We, we read back in John chapter 8, anybody, anybody that wants to be my disciple must remain in my teachings, must remain in my teachings, to abide, to fellowship, to abide, uh, to flow with, to commune with. anyone who eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in him I live because of the Living Father who sent me in the same way anyone who feeds on me will live because of me verse 58 I am the true bread you you remember me talking about in times past you you know I even said this last week you know about Moses said Moses said who do I tell them sent me I am that I am here again we see another I am facet of who Jesus is I am the true bread again we get into the truth there's a lot of faults there's a lot of uh, counterfeit Jesus that's being preached. There's a lot of counterfeit gospel that's being preached in America today and not just in, in America, but all across the world is a like, Can I get a feel-good message? But you know oftentimes Jesus didn't speak and said now Jesus moved with compassion But Jesus didn't oftentimes say things that made people feel good because the truth does what the truth will make you uncomfortable And how many of us have been uncomfortable? How many times have we been uncomfortable when we prayed? How many times have we been uncomfortable when, when God gave us a word just to ourselves? How many times have we been uncomfortable when we sit here on Sundays or when you sit somewhere on Sunday getting the word of God? How many times have, have you been that conviction? Because that's exactly what to do. When the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ is being preached, it immediately, it not tomorrow, not the next day, but immediately conviction sets in because that is one of the roles of the Holy Spirit. So let me continue here. He said, I am the true bread that comes down from heaven. Anyone who eats this bread will not die as your ancestors did, even though they ate the manna, but will live forever. He's talking about the children of Israel. They God rained down manna from heaven. Verse 59. And he said these things while he was teaching in the synagogue in Carponim carperna carpernium. man i messed up on that word last week i was sitting there i said it yesterday without a problem and now i'm sitting here today and a carpern car i'm gonna leave that one alone we're just we're just gonna keep on going i'm glad that i can make some of y'all laugh here today and i laugh at myself and that smile we'll move on to verse 60 so but we know where jesus was teaching at, right <laughs> many of his disciples said now, many of his disciples say this this is a very Hard this is very hard to understand how can anyone accept this Jesus was aware that his disciples were complaining so he said to them Does this offend you? Wow Wow. You know, oftentimes we've looked at people when we've said things that we know was offensive because sometimes I sit up here on Sundays and sometimes I get to see everybody's face where everybody doesn't get to see that face. And sometimes I get to... I can't believe he just said that. What? You, does that really say that? Could you imagine the faces that Jesus was getting understanding and realizing that these people were offended because why did he even have to ask them when they were they already said that this was very hard to understand this is hard for anyone to accept So Jesus looked at him, he said, does this offend you? So I got to ask you a question here today that I'm so often asked that I so often live in as being a disciple of Jesus Christ myself is that, does this offend you? Does the truth of God's word offend you? And the reality is, is Jesus has made it. He's made this very plain that if we breathe air, if we drink water, if we eat food, if we breathe oxygen, if we go to the restroom if we fall in love if we do this if we do that you're going to be offended the question is is what do you do with the offense when it comes we're all going to be offended but what do we do when the offense comes so so what happens here is that they were offended by truth but what were they really supposed to do they were supposed to embrace it and so oftentimes people don't embrace that offense, but it's really they don't embrace the truth that caused them to be offended. So when they don't embrace the truth that's caused them to be offended Now they become defensive We've all been there before right? We've thrown up these defense mechanisms and we begin to Man, some of us will begin to raise our voice. We'll begin to give that we start mean mugging people and and and, and, and so then all of a sudden you can tell, hey, you offended me because now I'm going to react by what you said. So we're going to see this very same thing happen here. Jesus said, does this offend you? Verse 62. And it said, then what will you think if you see the Son of Man ascend to heaven again? Verse 68, the spirit alone gives eternal life. Human efforts accomplish nothing, but the very words I have spoken to you are spirit and life. But some of you do not believe me or some of you do not honor me. And he knew who would betray him. Verse 65, then he said, this is why I have said that people can't come to me unless the father gives them to me. At this point, many of his disciples, what they did, what they turned away and deserted him. Then Jesus turned to the twelve and asked, are you also going to leave? Simon Peter replied, Lord, to whom? would we go you have the words that give eternal life hallelujah thank you lord see the reality is is that when people don't want to accept the truth of this word they're not his disciples they're not his disciples because we saw we saw how these people reacted when they become offended and their defense mechanism kicked in is that we don't have to hear this i don't have to put up with this and and, and i'm sorry but i'm not sorry or the way the way that my wife would say it to me sometimes i'm sorry you're sorry it's because she wouldn't apologize to me and that's just a that's just a little joke to me and her have in between herself is more of a joke for her than it is for me because I'm gonna say why don't you ever apologize to me but the reality is is do we really have to get an apology before we can forgive someone if we're waiting for an apology d- did Jesus wait for an apology before he forgave us then why are we so guilty that we must be apologized to? We feel like that we must be redeemed. And I don't want to get off on a tangent about forgiveness and unforgiveness today. But the reality here is that people were offended. People were offended when the truth of God is spoken. You know, and there's been times in Scripture we saw where Jesus offended people with the truth, but there was also times where Jesus said, he said, uh, you know, Peter, Peter asked about paying the, the taxes to Caesar. You know, and so Jesus made this reference to Peter. He said, lest we offend them, you pay them and pay my part as well. And this was the time where, where Peter went down and got, got the coin out of the fish's mouth. See, so Jesus, there's, there's a time where we offend for the, the sake of the gospel and there, and we don't offend when it's not about the gospel. So, so we got to be careful about how we offend people, you know. So, so what we have to do is that means we have to be conscious in everything that we're saying everything that we're saying so but I want to get back to this because I, I really want to hit home here with some people you know that in, in all of this is in our aim to please him it is our goal to please Him and is our aim to stand before Him blamelessly is that we must be a disciple. And to be a true disciple means we're going to be offended. We're going to be offended by the Word of God and we'll watch so many people walk away because the truth of God's Word has been spoken, it's been expounded on, and the Holy Spirit's brought conviction. So, and But then I like what the disciple, the twelve, I like how they call them the twelve, turned and looked at Jesus and said if we could just paraphrase it this way. Peter said, Lord, I don't particularly like what you said. But where else are we going to go? I, 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 I'm not very fond of the truth that was spoken here. Excuse me. But the reality is, is we know that you hold the keys to life and the death. We know that you are the way, the truth, and the light. You see, Peter had Peter was, was the one that walked on the water. Peter was the one that got the revelation that Jesus Christ is the son of the living God. You know, so, so, so Peter already knows, Peter has already been ministered to about this truth. And it was just a fact of him accepting the truth because if somebody ever looked at me and said, Hey man, you've got to eat my flesh and you got to drink my blood or else you're not my true disciple. I'm out of here dude because I ain't eating your flesh and I ain't drinking your blood But see the reality is is that they were looking at something from a different perspective and next week We're going to get into perspective as we end this series uh, next week But but as we continue so I just want to reflect on my notes here for just a minute So can we pause for a moment and reflect on how many times use the word true or truly you remember hearing that truly i tell you the truth you are my true disciple if you remain in me you i am the i am truly the food i am you my flesh is truly the food truly my blood is is what you are to drink truly 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 so the word for uh i might have missed something on my notes here but to the dest- uh, the word for truth here is just an emphasis it's, it's, can I put emphasis on it? Can can I boldface it? Can I italicize it? Can I underline it? Can can I make sure that we're understanding what's being said here? So it is to distinguish a real from a fake, a real from a fake. So Jesus was was. He was trying to drive this home to him. And he's trying to drive this very same thing home with us here today. So it is to distinguish what is real and what's a fake. To distinguish a truth from a lie. And because these false disciples could not detect the difference between flesh and spirit, they never realized the gospel that Jesus was declaring here the gospel of partaking of his suffering and his death, a life surrendered to the cause of pleasing the Father. And 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 again this is where we go back to that this is what was pleasing God was that Jesus would speak this, that he would obey the truth of what God was speaking. So as I have said so many times and will continue to say, salvation is free. That's a free gift, but to follow Jesus, it's going to cost you your life. It's going to cost you. It's going to cost you friends. It may even cost you family. It it may cost you uh, for your coworkers not to speak with you. It may cost you to be an outcast, but the reality is, have you considered the cost? Have you considered the cost of what it's going to cost you to follow Jesus? What it's going to cost you to be a disciple? And so many people we've seen how many times have we rode down the road and we've seen where somebody started building a house they started building a building and we've said within ourselves or said to people who who may be riding with us how long is it going to take them to build this house i haven't seen nobody there in weeks i haven't seen nobody in months but the reality is 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 maybe they didn't consider the cost maybe they didn't realize what it was going to cost them they didn't take into fact all of the unseen and and, and we've got to consider all of the unseen of what it's going to cost us to follow jesus christ there's going to be a lot of things that we don't see but are we in this for the long haul are we in it to win it or are we in it for ourselves because if we ever do it for ourselves we're in it for the wrong reason we're in it for the wrong reason if we're doing it just to get our marriage back together we're in it for the wrong reason. If we're doing it just so that we can uh, uh, be that light to our kids, we're in it for the wrong reason. We've got to be in this first for God. We've got to be in this first for God, and then everything else is going to follow when we get real with him, when we we, we consider the realness of who he is, then we'll, we'll begin to live in such a real manner. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Have you considered the cause? We don't have time today to break down every facet of the way your life is to be lived. By every time we open God's Word, we allow God's Word to penetrate into our hearts the more we learn the meaning of taking our cross and following Him. You know, every single Sunday, the Lord the Lord always gives me, the Lord's been giving me series all year and I've never preached in series before. But the reality for me is that I found out that, that preaching through series is that it allows me to be able to disciple people and it allows people to be able to, to take Class 101, Class 102, Class 103 and to be able to build upon that. It's just like we, we looked at earlier this year we talked about the bigger picture and when we put a puzzle together we do what? We put the outside first. first. And then everything else follows in. But every piece has its place. And every piece of what God has called us to has its place. But ladies and gentlemen, I'm telling you, just because you see this piece right now doesn't mean that it's time to fit in. But what you've got to do is you've got to remain faithful. You've got to continue in to what God has called us to. So I, can, I, I can't write I can't, I, I can't by myself every single Sunday tell you how you need to be living. How you what you need to be doing to be a disciple? You've got to pick up God's word, and you got to get in. You got to watch preaching. You have got to listen to preaching. The faith book of Romans says faith comes by hearing, and by hearing the word of God, you can't just hear it with the first hearing. You got to hear it with the first and the second hearing. You've got to hear it, and then you've got to hear the Spirit speaking through that word, and that's how your faith is increased. The more real that Jesus' cross becomes to us, the more we embrace our cross in obedience. The more, the more real his cross becomes, the more real our cross of obedience becomes. I know that this may sit heavy on your flesh, man, today. As we reflect back on the words of Jesus Christ, here's what he said you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Today you are faced with a decision to be a disciple or just to be the one that stands in the crowd. Are are you satisfied As, as we're closing? As we're closing, I know I'm a little shorter today, but that doesn't take away from the magnitude of what God's already been speaking to you about being a disciple. Being a true disciple and you got to consider the cost you know before I before I built my back porch I considered the cost I went through every every part of the materials and I wrote them down and I wrote the price down and, and I even bought extras I even bought extras To try to accommodate in case something messes up. In case something was to fail. I counted the cost of every nail. Of every bracket. Of every bag of concrete. I I considered the cost. But also the cost that goes into that is the work. It's the work that takes place. You see because I could buy all the material. I could have all the material right here today. In God's word but if I don't work it if I don't work it then that material is just sitting there on the ground and it's not building it's not producing anything have you considered the cost today I just I want to continue to drive this nail in just as much as we can considering the cost of being his disciple i know i've preached this message on my podcast podcast in times past have you considered the cost but the reality here is this is what pleases god this is what pleases him is as we consider the cost to becoming a disciple let me pray with you today dear heavenly father lord i thank you today i thank you lord for your love I thank you, Lord, for your call, your call for us to follow you, for us to be in fellowship with you, for us to be in mutual movement with you, Father. Today, as you've, you've made it so plain throughout your word, Lord, that we must partake of you, that we must partake of every fast of you, that we must partake, Lord, of everything, Lord, that led you to the cross and everything from the cross forward. Lord, as we lay our lives down before you, Lord, I've counted the cost. And sometimes it it, it seems to be such a high price to pay. But the reality, Lord, is you've given me your grace. You've given me the empowerment. You've given me the ability to do what truth demands. Lord, I pray today, Lord, that those that may be sitting here, those that may be viewing us online, those that may be listening to us via podcast, Lord, that they would take into heavy consideration, Lord, what this cost will be for their life, of what it's going to be, Lord, what it's going to cost them to be pleasing to you. Let let this hit home with us, Father. Holy Spirit, do what you do best. As, as Jesus has been revealed, you bring conviction. Minister to their hearts, Lord, right now. Each one of them know who they are. Our Lord, and I pray, I pray that you would continue to be with them. Be with us, Lord, as we part ways, Lord, here today. We thank you, Lord, for your word. Your word, Lord, that is life-changing. Your word, Lord, that has transformed us, that has the ability to transform us, Lord, from being who we used to be to who you want us to be to who you've called us to be. Lord, we bless your name, Lord. We glorify you and we honor you and we thank you in Jesus' name, Lord. Amen and amen. Thank you, Lord.